Our guys really came out ready to play, and they were incredibly motivated. Uh, you know, a wonderful atmosphere. The fans, what a from again the walk of champions to uh, the student section. Uh, everybody was it was a, a, a fantastic environment for our guys to play college football. Passionate and intense, and this game means a lot to you know the fans of Oklahoma. So to give them a few moments of joy and, and uh, an opportunity to celebrate, you know, winning against our rival, uh, really cool. But our, our students, that was their best performance uh, of the year, uh, hands down. I thought they were uh, just terrific. I agree. I agree. I think the, uh, I'll tell you, after the, the, what was, was it, the opener? Maybe the second game where the student section bailed early. Well, the opener, and, everyone bailed because it was so brutally hot against UTEP. Right. Yeah. Um, but since being called out, student section has been really good. And I thought they were excellent on the game uh, Saturday night. Dancing, partying, screaming, yelling, whatever. Um, I thought it was a really good atmosphere, and um, they did an excellent job. thought the fan base as a whole did an excellent job. All things considered, record considered, cold weather, all of those things was uh, was fantastic. Um, and those lights have helped, man. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really know what to expect going into the year, but it has had a very positive effect to the environment. Um, touchdowns are to touchdowns are more exciting when they, they can uh, do the lights uh, for a night game. And like we said earlier, what they did with the intro video was cool, which, by the way, Teddy made the intro video for the second consecutive week. How about well, that? not really. You were I in was, it. I was like a uh, – I was superimposed. There's only uh, one, Oklahoma. Into the, into the group picture. How about Dan Cody and Mark Clayton making an cool. appearance? I like Dan Cody making an appearance. That got me fired up a little bit. I can't lie. Yep. That was great. I wish awesome they would let stuff. him use uh, you know, his full colorful language when he was on the uh, intro video, but you know, right. maybe maybe next year. No, it was, it was a good atmosphere all the way around. Who wasn't good on Saturday, and Oklahoma State fans are pissed. Gundy played small again in this game, man. Boy, did he play mm. small. He was playing field position down 28 points on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Woo. What do you think? What's the um... – I, I think it's inexcusable from him. I, I don't – they had a fourth and two, and they take a delay of game and punt it on a fourth and seven right around midfield. I, I just – there were a few times where I looked and said, he is going to get crushed for this. What is he doing? Even yeah. the even the fourth and twenty six late in the game, like the odds of completing a fourth and twenty six aren't great. Though, you know we've we know this defense's issues in the right. past on fourth downs or fourth and long. We could right? tell you didn't watch film, but they didn't go for it on fourth right. and twenty six. What are you doing, punting it down two scores with four minutes left, fourth and twenty six or not? What, yeah. what are you like? You're conceding the game at that point. Yeah. This is the most um, gettable OU team that we've seen in a while. And OSU is not great by any stretch. I think that they're a very average team, but he did not – He, I thought he did a very poor job of putting his team in a situation to win. Very nope, poor. I, I agree. I thought some of those calls were, were questionable. And, 
Yeah, I, I I bet Oklahoma State fans are are upset because that's that's not like a a one year thing. It's a decade long of criticism of of Gundy in in this game. Right? Is like why why are you being so conservative in all these situations? So. It, it yeah. really does feel know. like that he sees the OU logo in that game and he puckers up quite a bit. Because he is a good head coach. I mean, the record speaks for itself there. The consistency that he's had at that place. He is a good coach. He is the most successful head coach that OSU's ever had. But when he plays OU, whoo! And what's funny is, you know, at the podium, he talks like he's an aggressive type of guy. Like, you know, like... The personality would lead you to believe he's a guy that takes chances, and he in that game he does not. Super conservative. Yeah. yeah. Would it have mattered? Perhaps we'll um, never know. I mean, yeah, potentially it could have mattered if you pick up a fourth and two in the first half, but who cares? Yeah, we never know. It was the OU defense that won the won the day. I based on the way the OU defense plays, even if Gundy is super aggressive kind of feels like the OU defense would have gotten the stops necessary to win. Yeah. Yep. Um, pretty wild. You know, whenever you look at the the box score, Oklahoma State ended up having 484 yards, which is a lot. And I think it's even over our average. But it's not really – it doesn't tell the whole story, right? Off of 102 snaps, um, just really incredible. I don't know if you heard this stat, but Toby said this in the postgame. Up to this point, the OU defense has now been on the field 90 minutes more than the offense. Jeez. So they've played <laughs> game and a, half. a full six quarters, Ugh. a game and a half of football more than the offense has at this point. That is, I don't care who you are, defensively, that's hard. Yeah. Now, some of it is their own doing, right, by not being able to get off the field, but a lot of it is these super short, drives by the offense whether whether they're scoring drives or not just not chewing up clock at all yeah and that's that's worrisome because I don't think that you can win a, I don't think you can win a championship if that number is a consistent thing and I thought a few weeks ago the biggest question mark for this program going into the offseason is how much can they progress defensively how much better defensively can they get I, I think it's different now I think maybe the biggest question mark going into the offseason now is potentially not just the offense, but figuring out a way for the offense to possess the football for a whole lot longer than they have this year. Because I'm telling, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't think that they can get back to playing championship football if the defense through 11 games has been out on the field a game and a half longer than the offense is. That might yeah. be the one thing more than anything in this program that's going to have to flip this offseason is the offense figuring out a way to sustain drives. Yep. Um, would you like to take a guess at the longest drive of the day for Oklahoma? In terms of, like, plays and, and time and, and all that? Yep. Uh, well, huh. 
I'm going to guess it was probably seven plays. It was the second drive of the game. It was nine plays, two minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. Every other drive we had, Tyler, was a minute 30 or less. Golly. And And we had the ball like, I don't know, 15 times? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and one of the, I think, probably the biggest edge you thought OU had going into this game was Eric Gray against OSU's run defense. And yeah. still, I, the fact that you didn't run it well is an, another story, but that you couldn't run it well enough to possess the ball for at least three minutes on one drive is baffling. Yep. Yeah, wild. Hmm. It is. Uh, we. T- you, you, yeah, let's just let's get to the text line here for a few. Mike Gundy will be fine. He was able to distract everyone's attention from the game by talking about eating pretzels with yogurt. His fan base will buy it. I, I did uh, hear a little bit of his press conference today, and there was a lot of talk about Thanksgiving food. It was, and, and I think there's a lot of OSU fans that are turned off by his turn, his tone in the post game, and his tone during his press conference today, which. There didn't seem to be a real give a rip with him after the way that he coached right. that game on Saturday. Right. Tyler, listen to this. We had 19 drives or 19 possessions. And in 19 possessions, we used 22 minutes and 22 seconds of clock. <laughs> oh dang wow that's that's like hard to do yeah yep they it's they tough. should have uh they should have taken the red bow U game plan in the second <laughs> half of the bourbon bowl and yeah. just uh take a knee every single down to run the clock to keep bobby boucher off the field yeah yeah uh i don't know we've got to we've got to manufacture some answers offensively um you know i i like some of the stuff in the running game but like i've said lack of intermediate passing game you know where everything is just either at the line of scrimmage or the go routes is everyone's going to continue to pile the box and if we don't have an answer for it you know there's just not going to be any space there and i you know i think that you know, some of the things we do in, in the running game looks good. When we attack some of the edges and do some of that outside zone stuff, looks pretty good, especially when we do it to Anton Harrison's side of that left side, use his athleticism. Um, but everything else just ends up, everything gets really bunched together, and it makes makes life really difficult. We don't we don't have a lot of good spacing and, and, uh, and rhythm and flow to our offense right now other than run it, and RPO it or throw a go ball. Yep. 405 says, good afternoon, guys. I just realized why Mike Gundy called the game he did during Bedlam. His brother was not on the field, and that sibling rivalry drives him to want to win the game. And since he's gone, his drive is gone. Sad. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've seen Mike uh, Gundy call a conservative game plan plenty of times while Cale Gundy was on the field. Well, it used to be sibling sympathy, right? 
he felt bad for getting all aggressive and trying to beat OU, and his brother was on the other sideline, I guess. But now it's no more sibling rivalry. I don't know what it is, but it does appear that he gets really conservative in the Oklahoma game for some reason, and and I don't know. I'm sure the I'm sure the fans for for Oklahoma State are upset about it, but. What he got a bunch of like Thanksgiving dinner questions today at the press conference. Well, I I tuned in and it was you know my sister makes this uh, what do you call it a uh, sweet potato casserole that's really good. You know I don't really mess around with all the the side dishes for the most part. It, it was just it was this just jovial Mike Gundy that didn't lose the biggest game of the year partly because he had a terrible game plan and terrible game management going in. Well, it's not that tone. And and I don't know, maybe maybe Venables got the same Thanksgiving question. Well, I guess he hadn't had his press conference yeah. yet, but um that and and people get mad whenever we joke about how easy the media is on Oklahoma State, right? They they get all upset about it. But that's what you get from a Gundy press conference after they lose Bedlam, he's he's talking about Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it, hey, it's not his fault. If I was him, that's what I would. I'd spend the entire press conference doing the same thing. You know, I, avoid all the other questions about Bedlam at, at all costs. I'm a big proponent in dipping the roll in the mashed potatoes with gravy. I think that's a pro move <laughs> if you can do it. Giblet gravy is my preference. Uh, let's read about three more texts. What y'all are talking about with time of possession is absolutely true. I believe this is one of the downsides of this hurry-up offense that's in vogue right now. I know a lot of points is sexy, but there's often a connection between air raid offenses and lower defensive numbers because your own guys just get so tired. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, again. 19 possessions, 19 possessions, which in turn left our defense out there to defend 102 plays. Not a good recipe. They happen to have it tonight or Saturday night. Um, you know, and that's not always the case. Uh, West Virginia, I think, you know, it, it did appear that they wore down that last drive warmed down that you know they had opportunities to get off the field and couldn't come up with stops the last two drives of the game and those you know as the game wore on those were some of the uh the longer drives of the of the game and really of the season against them so yeah yeah uh, it's your, your conversation makes it clear says the 405 going fast is not the way to go I'll, I'll just repeat something that you said earlier today and that we said for a while. I don't have an issue with going fast, but I don't want it to be the entire identity of your offense. I think being able yep. to go fast is a great tool to have in your back pocket, but it, it can't be the only thing that you're good at offensively or the only thing you do. Right. That's it's, the point. It needs, going fast is it's the, it's the cherry on top, right? It's, it's not the – it shouldn't be like the real fundamental part of your offense. The fundamental part of your offense needs to be blowing people off the line of scrimmage, execution, throwing and catching. Right? And whenever you add going fast on top of that, 
you get the extra burst. And and right now, it it feels like. And and here's the thing, like I I don't think I don't think Levy wants it to be this way, right? But I think because of of lack of the the lack of execution, the drops, the errant throws by Gabriel at times, because of all those situations, that's kind of what he's been left with. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, one more. Hey, BV knows what he's doing, says Peyton. He knows the defense needs every rep they can get, so he's just having Lebby make sure they can squeeze as many quarters out of the season yeah. as possible. They got 102 reps, Peyton. Good point. 102 4D chess. 4D chess by Venables. That's right. It's brilliant. Really is brilliant. Hey, we got to pick our under the radar player coming up next for uh, Saturday. So text line, get in your under the radar players as well. 405-651-3439. Nice. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series. It is a Reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are the home of Sooner fans. Uh, there's a report out right now. Eli Letterman of the Tulsa World says, OU tight end Daniel Parker has been suspended indefinitely, a team spokesman confirmed. Court documents identify Daniel Parker as the boyfriend of a 21-year-old victim alleging domestic abuse. Assault with a deadly weapon and stalking. So, dang. Yeah, not good. Wow. Not good. Uh, yeah. Well, I would say that justifies a suspension from the football team. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say so. Let's get to happier things, though. We'll come back to that. It's time for our under the radar player. Brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can uh, support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. I gave you the tee box on Friday. I'm going to go ahead and take it today. Okay. My under-the-radar player from Saturday, he actually tied the record for the – I think he had the most punts in a game since (laughs) Jeff Ferguson back in 2001 against North Carolina. I thought Turk was awesome, man. Three punts inside the 20. Finally got one of those to check up inside the five-yard line. Um, What did he have? A uh, 67-yarder, I think, was his long of the day. Turk was awesome. And today he was named a semifinalist of the the Ray Guy Award, which is deserved. So Turk's my under-the-radar player. He was really good. Yeah. um, My under-the-radar player, I'm going defense. And I'm going Jordan Kelly, who – had two and a half tackles for loss, six total tackles, uh, including two sacks. Um, and the defensive line was dominant. Spencer Sanders, as athletic as he is, he's tough to get to the ground. He's able to avoid, and he did do a good job of avoiding at times and getting out and creating. But those negative yardage plays were absolutely critical. I'm going. I'm paying it off for Jordan Kelly, man, the yeah, big guy. He was good. Uh, he created a lot of uh, third and nines on Saturday nights. A lot of third and hey, nines for OSU. How about this, Tyler? We had 
13 tackles for loss Jeez, in the football game. Let's go. All right. 13. Well, what's the percentage of that? 13 out of the 102 plays defended? I'm no yeah. math expert here, but that's like around 10% of the of OSU's snaps were negative plays. Yep. You know how many tackles for loss Oklahoma State had against us? Um, I'm trying to think. Probably like three. Three. Nailed it. Nice. Dead on balls accurate. Uh, that's a that's a big discrepancy, and again, it, it continues to show. And this is one of the big positives so far with this this defense is the tackles for loss numbers are huge. I still think that they're up there close to leading in the country. You know, they're right at the top. I'm not sure if they're still number one or where exactly they are, but um, big part of what they do, big part of what Venables has done, you know, over that decade plus at Clemson. That's they were number one over that decade by a huge margin over the number two team. So that looks like that trend's going to continue. Text line under the radar: Gavin Freeman over the middle. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Did he? What do you have? I was trying to. I, I I was trying. I think he had one nice play. Maybe am I forgetting something? He had. He had a he drop. Had one, I know, I know One that. catch for four yards. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Under don't the know radar player for me was Grace Lyons. She gave Turk all the motivation he needed. Yeah, congratulations to uh, the future Miss Turk. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool post game. Uh, let me ask you this, and maybe we need a, a full segment to get to it, but what was the recruiting situation? How did it go? buddy. The recruiting situation is, uh, well, they've gotten two commits since they played the football game. I'd say that's pretty good. Ashton Champ Sanders and Taylor Wine have committed in the past 24 hours. Both of those guys, defensive linemen. Taylor Wine's listed as an edge player. Ashton Sanders listed as an interior um, defensive lineman. 56 quarterback hurries in California high school football this year had uh, Ashton Sanders from the interior. How about that? And 10 sacks as well. I'd say that that's pretty good. There's, so does that change our ranking at all? No, or is it taking no. a while for you, that? You, to... you, were, you were seven, and like, there was a decent gap between you and Ohio State at six. You've inched closer, but you're still at seven. But there's some, you know, there's a feeling that maybe uh, Peyton Bowen's close to flipping the five-star safety, which should get oh, really? everyone excited. Yeah. There's even some, I, uh, like, 24-7, it's a crystal ball, right? Rivals, yeah. I think it, they call it a forecast. And I think that on Rivals, there's some forecasts for Notre Dame – or for OU to flip uh, Peyton Bowen. Huh. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess time will tell on that. Is Do you think that's going to be a – like one of those – I mean, obviously you don't know. I guess I'm just asking – opinion is you think that's going to be one of the, it seems like he's going to stretch this thing out as long as possible though yeah. to where he doesn't have to yeah I, i'm going to guess it happens on signing day which is one month from today yeah okay that would be my guess under the radar spencer sanders he didn't play well but you have to at least respect how tough and gritty he is hell he he was over there yelling at his coaches for punting on fourth down nice 
He was the most Showing aggressive fire. one. Yeah, he was the most aggressive one. Is that saying are they I think they're saying he's under the radar our best player cuz he threw <laughs> the ball to us well, four times. Well, probably so actually. That did help out quite a bit. Though one of those interceptions, he just throws a goal ball and there's no one there and OU gets a pick. I don't know who yep, that's the Colden kid. And one of the plays we had a we had a massive bust, uh, but Billy Bowman saves our bacon, which that's what the safety position is supposed to do, right? Uh, and that's what he did. Came from that middle spot. We busted on a corner blitz. Both guys went instead of uh, instead of communicating there, and we left a wide receiver wide open. But did a good job coming over and making the play. Text line, best thing about the game Saturday was not having to hear the PA announcer say, Boomer, after every first down. Disagree. <laughs> you don't know what you have until it's gone. And uh, late yeah. in the fourth quarter, I'm like, man, I would give anything right now for a first down Sooners. Boomer. After six three and outs, I, I needed it real bad. And I didn't really get it. Yeah. Stunk. They thought, hey, this will shut him up. We just won't convert for the next uh, rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Under the Radar Player brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Another Under the Radar before we hit a break here. You mentioned Billy Bowman. Like, I don't think his play was under the radar because that was a huge interception, but – his emergence as kind of the dude in the back end of the defense is, I don't know, maybe a little bit under the radar because the expectations for him next year are going to be sky high. And I think he has an opportunity next year to have a season in the back end of the defense that we haven't seen in quite some time at OU. I think yeah. he has that potential. He's growing well, into that player. I think, um, I think we've got a really good chance to be – to be solid at a bunch of spots uh, on defense. Inside backer will have a lot of experience, plus be adding some more depth and, and youth there with some guys that will be rolling, like get Witter back healthy, and Canick will be, you know, going into year two, expected to be able to provide some depth there. You know, plus there's some other young guys that, you know, get uh, another spring and offseason to develop. And, you know, with uh, Stutzman and Aguebu, I think those two guys are getting better. And then on the back end, like, there's all kinds of options at safety. Um, you know, Key Lawrence and Robert Spears Jennings and, you know, throw some other young guys' names in there. And there's been multiple corners that have factored in. C.J. Colden's come on really strong. So, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's very, a good I'm very chance hopeful. to have something. I'm yeah. very hopeful. I really am. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooners. Looking for a rewarding career serving your community? The Norman Police Department is now accepting applications for new and experienced police officers. If you are team-oriented and are seeking the opportunity to make a positive impact on the lives of others, apply today. Applications are being accepted year-round. Find out more and apply at newnormancops.com. That's newnormancops.com. Join our team and serve your community. Preparation makes all the difference on the playing field 
and in life. At McFarland Methodist Church, we believe that a strong faith is a great preparation for the ups and downs of life, and we have lots of ways to practice and strengthen our faith. Come be a part of a midweek Bible study or community service event, or join us for traditional or modern worship on Sunday morning. You're always welcome at McFarland, where we're changing lives that change the world. Learn more on our website at McFarlandUMC.org or call us at 321-3484. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog, cat, giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe, uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Well, uh, let's get this out of the way right now. The U.S. men's national team was up 1-0 for a big portion of the game. Could not close it out. Ends up in a tie. 1-1. Just what everyone wants to see. A thrilling tie to open up World World Cup play for the the men. Um, Tennessee, South Carolina. Hendon Hooker goes down with the ACL. Tennessee takes their second loss of the year. They're out of the college football playoff race. Not going to win an SEC championship. Just a brutal, brutal game for Tennessee. And where has that Rattler been? To absolutely lighten it up against Tennessee uh, was Spencer Rattler. Good for him because he hasn't had a great year. I think – Maybe going into this game, I know a couple weeks ago he had more interceptions than touchdowns this year, but he was on fire. And Shane Beamer needed that. South Carolina needed that. Spencer Rattler needed that. I still think he's playing college football next year, but forget his best game at South Carolina. That's the best game that he's played in his college football career. Not even close. Pretty impressive. Big time win. Uh, So easy to root for Shane Beamer in that group. So, uh Happy for him. I hate that for Heupel in Tennessee. Uh, just brutal to to lose that game and lose your quarterback to an ACL. And I hate that for Hendon Hooker. You know, guy was having an unbelievable season. Uh, Heisman Trophy, um, you know, one of the guys up there for a finalist perhaps. And, you know, you just hated to see that. Well, Tyler, the University of Southern California is now inside the AP Top 25 for the first time in five years, and your boy Caleb Williams is uh, poised he might to be Heisman. definitely a finalist and perhaps win the thing 
if they win the Pac-12. Yeah, I don't know why this needs beat to happen. Notre Dame. Right now, we were having such a good day. Everyone was getting along so well on the show, but oh, hey. They showed the score inside Owen Field on Saturday night, and everyone was going crazy because UCLA was up at the time. But it was your uh, – that was a win that looked all too familiar to OU fans, right? It yeah. looked like the 2018 West Virginia game. It looked like the 2017 Oklahoma State game. It looked like a lot of wins that we have seen over the years. No defense yep. really being played and a whole lot of offense. So nothing yeah, changed. And- you know, uh, UCLA had a chance to go down and win the football game, and DTR throws an interception, game over. Um, pretty wild atmosphere, wild game, absolute shootout. And uh, Southern Cal's got a couple of tough games left. They've got Notre Dame, and is it – I think it's it's Oregon for sure, right? I think Oregon has to win. They have to beat Oregon State this week okay. to clinch a spot, I believe, Yeah, is what that is. All right, that's all I got. Uh, I got a few here, a few audio clips. Let's start with the South Carolina-Tennessee game that you referenced. And uh, <laughs> here's a question and an answer as to one of South Carolina's defensive players. In the second half, you guys on defense came out and were able to get stops. What adjustments were made during that break? Nothing. Just drop your nuts. Really, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. There you go. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's it. No adjustments. And that's really, you know what I'm I love the honesty, and that's real. Okay? Sometimes there are no adjustments necess- necessary. Just drop them. Just drop them and go get it done. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Also, That's the quote of the year right there. It really is. Back to Mule Shoe. I don't know why this was a thing on Saturday during college game day, but – they ran something on him, and, of course, the whole situation had to be brought back up, and he was teary-eyed and wishing he handled it differently. I know I hurt people there, and I I live with that. I've got to own that. There are things I would change. There are. I, I absolutely did not handle the situation perfectly. I let my emotions get a hold of me at times, too, and I would imagine both sides could probably say that. At times, I felt some of the backlash, and I got out of character there some. And I'm, I'm disappointed about it because I, I did not do a good job of that. And I wish I could get it back. I can't, but it'll never change how I feel about the place. I, I, I didn't really feel much emotion when I saw that on Saturday. It would have been anger in the past, but now it's just like, okay, why are we doing this again? Who cares? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean I won't make fun of him moving forward. I absolutely will at every <laughs> chance that I get. <laughs> But right. the emotion just wasn't there. It's yeah, okay, it's done. Why, why do you, why does this keep getting brought up? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess maybe it maybe it keeps getting brought up because I I don't well I, I guess I I don't know I don't know maybe maybe he is trying to do some damage control on it. I don't know. It shouldn't really matter. He's I mean, out there. It's been He's a year now. Come on, having a, a lot of success. It's been a year. Um, they got an opportunity to go perhaps do something special this year so uh fascinating coaching carousel scuttlebutts apparently Dion sanders is in talks with both colorado and south florida for their head coaching openings yeah yeah that'd be a splash Uh, for cu you could say that it would it would um i don't i don't see Dion going to colorado oh i don't either um now, South Florida, 
I think is that's a likely destination for him. It's a it's an incremental jump. It's it's Florida. He's he knows Florida. Is from Florida. Played at Florida State. He's from from the F- Fort Myers area. Um, you know, I I think that that would be an excellent move for South Florida and a, an excellent move for Dion. But I, you know, honestly, and I wasn't a believer in the beginning, but I kind of am now. It, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd like to see him make a jump to a power five, but this might be a smarter incremental jump sure. for him. And, than, and, and if he if he does a nice job at UCF, he'll get a really good power five opportunity. Not a lower f- power five opportunity. If he wins big at UC uh, USF and recruits well there, he'll get a big yeah. time job offer. I've got no doubt about that. No doubt. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's get to a couple more. How about that TCU Baylor game? Run the kicker on right at the buzzer and nails it. I thought DeMarcado, when he dropped that two-point conversion, that's it. The dream is over. the football game, yeah. But, hey, TCU had the timeouts. They get the stop. They get the ball back. And it's crazy to me, man, because you mentioned Caleb Williams, uh, one of the front runners, if not – he's definitely going to be a finalist for the Heisman. And I I, I agree with that. It sucks, but I I agree with that. I don't understand why why Max Duggan doesn't get more love. Because he gets zero love when it comes to the Heisman discussions. It's really weird. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's uh, – his numbers are are solid. They're not – they don't blow you away. But, you know, there for, they're for a stretch, his, his efficiency was top-notch. But dude still has 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, and – we know how dangerous he is, uh, you know, running the football as well. So I don't know. I, it is, it is interesting. Let's see. He's running the football. He's got. He's adding five touchdowns on the ground this year to the twenty. So he's thirty-one touchdowns to three interceptions. I mean, he's got TCU like uh, two games away from the college football playoff. I'm not saying yeah. that he should be the front runner, but let's give the man a little love. Let's make him a Heisman finalist at least. Dang. That's right. Last one I have, Jalen Daniels played for KU on Saturday, but it didn't matter. And it didn't matter because B. John Robinson had 25 carries down. for 243 yards and four touchdowns and a 55-14 win for Texas. Jeez. Yeah, I – I thought that was going to be a, a different game than that. That was a that was an absolute beatdown from the beginning. Um, yeah, that was wild. Okay, so Texas, what do they have? Baylor is that their last game? Baylor on Friday in Austin. Yeah, I think Texas is like an eight point favorite in that game. Yep. Um, they need they need Kansas State to lose to KU, and they obviously have to beat Baylor. If those yep. those two things happen, Texas plays TCU. Yep. Um, hey, last one. Do you have another one? No, yeah, go ahead. What in the hell was Herb Street doing on the set of Game Day? I don't know. He letting looked, some he, he looked like the bad guy in the Mummy is what he looked like. Yeah, letting some some girl in a skirt rub his feet because his feet oh, are cold. I didn't see that. I was talking about his outfit that he was wearing. You didn't see the no, video? That is weird. What? Oh my god! I, I can't believe you on, didn't see on this live video. TV. It happened, or someone just N- no. Just... It was like when they're during. Oh well, I think we just lost Teddy, but I'm, this is something I'm gonna have to look into because that's really, really weird. Kirk, what are you doing, man? 
You got to know that the camera's on you at all times. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to research that because that is, uh, that's a really odd look there by, uh, by Kirk Herbstreet. And plus, hey, you knew it was going to be cold in Montana. It's Montana in November. Uh, dress accordingly, maybe. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up hour number two coming up next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home. Unnecessary listening fees when I can give you the same full service and sell your home just as fast. Don't just settle on any realtor to sell your home and don't assume your friend slash realtor is giving you the best deal. My $8.99 listing fee is a game changer. I'm one of the top five realtors in Cleveland County and top one-third of all Oklahoma City metro area. Call me today at 405-361-3380. Visit my website at saxonrealtygroup.com. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Thank you to all of you that DM me the weird um, foot rubbing video of Kirk Herbstreet. I'm, uh, I don't know. It's disgusting is what it is. M- more weird than disgusting, I guess, especially since the woman has a skirt on. Um, just really a weird look overall all, all the way around. But someone on the text line said, Kirk Herbstreet is the exact type of guy John Dutton is trying to keep out of Montana, which right. is the text of the day so far. Well, um, I I saw a bunch of those signs out in, or I guess I just saw like on Twitter, like the pictures of the signs that was like, it's just a TV show. Stop moving to Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But like the way they had him dressed and it's just, I, it is about as horrible as a look as you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm bad yeah that hat was just not a good call just not a good call uh guy from guyer says ah guys maybe mule shoe is being sincere man who cares i hope they they lose every single game <laughs> bruce says he's not getting max duggan isn't getting the hype or the credit because he looks like a dumb kid okay <laughs> um, it's a looks thing yeah mule shoe- who, who are the favorites right now for the Heisman. You have um, Carl's Jr. is a favorite. I don't think Hendon Hooker can be anymore, right? Really? It, it, I, I think it's probably a two-horse race at this point between Carl's Jr. and C.J. Stroud would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. And if Michigan knocks off Ohio State, Caleb Williams left sitting there. Yep. I'm telling you, man, yep. the dude that is not getting any love is Bo Nix. No, he, he. I actually saw a uh, Heisman straw poll or whatever, and he was in the top. I think he was in the top three. Yeah, he should. His numbers got a good win like, on Saturday again. Got a good win. His numbers. It's like the most anti Bo Nix season of all time. It's what he's done has been really incredible. Five eight zero says Mule Shoe is a clueless butthole and needs to keep OU out of his mouth. OU is better with Coach V. Nice. Uh, yep. Herb Street foot massage is based upon him being cold. Meanwhile, the girl on the floor is in a miniskirt. It's really strange. Yeah. I agree with that. I know. That's, that's, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. Which I, the argument is like, well, he's got, he's got all those microphones and his, 
earpiece is all connected and he can't really move out of his chair. Well, I understand that, but you're just going to have to sit there and weather the storm during the during the show like all the other people up there, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. plus, it's not like you're in Montana in late November. It's not like you were shocked by the weather whenever you showed up there, you know? You knew what the weather was going to be. It's you got to be a little bit more prepared before you walk on set. Uh, let's see one more. Uh, Caleb Williams eats his own boogers with painted fingernails. Huh. So yeah, that's how most people feel. One more before we hit the top of the hour. Brett Bielema was pissed. It was very reminiscent of the Mark Mangino. You know what this is about, right? Dollar signs. That's right. Dollar signs. Back in 2004, after they lost to Texas, it looked like the fix was in. Uh, that late in the game, Michigan and Illinois. See. I, and I've heard the conversation about it, but I, I haven't seen any of the calls. There was a wide receiver literally blocking like 15 yards down the field. <laughs> a wide receiver on a play. There was a play that they called a catch that I thought was incomplete. I don't know. Just go back and watch like the final three minutes for yourself and see if you're not convinced that the fix was in. It definitely yeah. felt like there was. And I'm glad that Bielema was outspoken about it. He, he needs to be. It's, it's bad. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been some bad officiating, for sure. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour next here from Newcastle Casino. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and ninety-nine point three FM, K twenty-five seven DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network.